Hello, my name is Leslie Kane, and I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast in honor of my father, Patrick Kane, who often did say, why not today? I'm based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. And my guest today is somebody who was recommended, but I've known, and I can't believe we really didn't have it met before because there's a million connections. But today we have Steve Gurney, who is the director of Positive Aging Community. And so I always like to start with talk about connections and, you know, how we connect with people. And Steve, I've known from the Reston community, he was and still is big into paddle boarding and knew who he was and did a couple events when he was there. But recently I was talking to a friend of mine whose um, parents are going through some aging situations. She's like, you need to talk to Steve Gurney. And then when we looked and talked to each other, it's like we both grew up in the same town. We went to the same high school. And even after, Steve, that we talked the other day, I mentioned you to my sister. And she was at another event. And your name came up. And she's like, how have I heard that name? So it's so funny how that just all the connections. So small welcome. World. Small yes, world. Yeah. And wrestling is a very small world. So welcome. We're excited to have you on and talking about aging. And, you know, I'm really trying to focus on subjects that people, my audience is kind of concerned with and happening in life. And we're all, um, the age group I'm surrounded with and a lot of my listeners are kind of that sandwich generation. Our parents are getting older, we're getting older and lots of different situations. So I thought you'd be a great resource. So before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and a fun fact that nobody would know. Oh boy, geez. Uh, well, so first off, as you had mentioned, grew up in the Reston community and went away to school. And when I was in college, my grandfather needed to go to a nursing home. And uh, I observed firsthand what my family had to go through when you have a life change like that. And it was surprising to me that there wasn't a guide that made it easier for uh, folks to understand all the different options when you're being discharged from a hospital and somebody tells you, you got to go to a nursing home, what are the choices and where do you go and, and what have you? And so when I graduated, I put together a little guide uh, at the time it was called guide to retirement living. I didn't think I was starting a business. I just <laughs> wanted something on my resume to help me get a better job. And um, here I am 33 years later the wow. uh, the publication that I, I publish is called the Positive Aging Sourcebook, and it lists all the different resources in the D.C. metro area, how much they cost, what's included in the cost, whether it be housing or aging in place or other resources. And um, I've been doing that for 33 years. I, I sold the business to the Washington Post, and I ran it under their ownership for over 20 years. And about four years ago, I bought it back and I'm running oh, wow. it on my own again. And um, the pandemic is really what uh, um, sort of created uh, the new platform that I have that is much more interactive. And therefore, we've rebranded it, the Positive Aging Community or the Pro-Aging Community. And uh, what, what happened is before the pandemic, I would host a lot of live and interactive events for senior living professionals that were in person. And when we couldn't meet in person, I moved our gatherings to online. And uh, 
over the last few years, what's happened is the, that those online discussions on every topic on aging you could ever imagine have grown from just being professionals to now all of our discussions have older adults, their, their loved ones, and influential senior living professionals. And we talk about everything under the sun, but that hopefully that wasn't too long of an- uh, <laughs> That's okay. We want to, I want to talk about some of those things. But before we do that, what's a fun fact that people wouldn't know about Steve Gurney? Well, it, I, I'm going to just jump right into it because the title of your uh, podcast is Why Not Today? And and in my career, a, uh, a real Why Not Today moment that I had was that I woke up one day and realized I was an expert in senior housing and in senior living, and I never spent the night in one of these communities. Uh, I'd interviewed hundreds of people. I knew visited over 500. I knew a lot about them. I helped a lot of people make the transition, but I'd never experienced what it's like to actually live in one of these communities. And it sort of struck me as it's like working in a restaurant, but not eating the food. Right. And um, so I'm 57 now. When I was 43, I moved in and I lived in five different uh, senior living communities as a resident temporarily. But it um, it really gave me a great perspective that I've been able to share with um, our community members and uh, given me a different perspective on the whole senior living industry in general. Yeah, I bet. I thought, when you told me that the other day, I'm like, wow, that is definitely a, a why not today and a courageous thing to try. And and that was, it wasn't like just one night, <laughs> but you really yeah. immersed yourself. That's well, awesome. you know, you're, you, you know, you're doing something right when the people in the industry that work in these communities say things like better you than me, or why are you doing that? And it's yeah. sort of, and and we can get into it a little bit later, but but ideally, the people that are creating and managing and working at these communities should be we should be working in communities that we'd want to live in ourselves. And yeah. so, um, you know, we can get to that point. Yeah, definitely want to talk about that. Before we do that, though, what's the definition of courage to you? What is courage? Mean? Oh, courage. Jeez, uh, these are these. This is a good question. This is like a job interview kind of, uh, but, the, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, I, I think courage is the ability, to, I mean, to, to, to try something that is going to make you feel uncomfortable and knowing that just by trying it, you're going to make some connections and you're going to be a better person uh, going out the other out the other side. That's a great definition. I love the connection because I'm all about connections. Yeah. And I, and I would say that the older we get, the more courage we get because we, we've seen more, we've seen that, you know, when you're, when you're a young kid and you're, you're going into a room where you don't know anybody, how scary that can be, or the first day of school or what have you. But the older we get, and the more life experience we have and the more examples of courage that we exhibit and we see that life is actually better when you take those risks and right. uh, move there, the better it is. And that's one of the benefits of um, having a multi-generational um, community is, is that these the, the stories of courage that 
our our elders can share with us. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that, you know, your definition and with the connections, because um, I think that's, you know, connections make a big difference and that you're so right that, you know, when we were younger, we were afraid, you know, the things we did, they were going to be, you know, we're going to die or the boogeyman under the bed and all those things. Like, why did we believe all that? And as you get older, you're like, Oh, it's not going to be that bad. And it is better. Now I think the younger generation where they have the advantage of courage is they're not afraid to play on a computer or a phone. Like, you know, my mom is terrified that she's going to screw some up and she has, but kids are like, I'll try it. What the heck? What do I have to lose? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the the whole concept of the Red Hat Society, mm-hmm. which is a group of predominantly older women who get together and they wear these crazy red hats and these outlandish outfits. And the whole premise of that is, is that, you know, when we were younger, we dressed the way that they wanted us, this, that and the other. And now we're just out there, you know, strutting our stuff. And and I'm willing to bet that the women that are in the red, that go to these events wearing the red hats and things like that, you know, if you asked them to do that in their 20s or 30s, no way, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, the the whole, I think that whole club was sort of formed on courage and having courage together and being with a, uh, a community. So. I've never thought about that group, but that's a, a great group to, that represents courage. I need to find somebody to interview. I know they have like the younger group of that is the Purple Hat group. The Purple Hat group. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. So, but I did, you know, obviously know more senior people and I did get more involved in the senior community teaching water aerobics for 13 years. And there's so many things I learned in a pool with these older adults. Um, so many things they could share. So I love your business and what you're doing and helping. And I love the community. And I think that's the one thing my friend Leanne, when she's like, you need to talk about Steve is that I am all about connection and community and come by it naturally as my dad was a community, was a city planner and was all about community and his company was community development and um, so many things in aging. So I know you've done a lot of other things in your life courageous, but let's talk about the aging world and what are some of the things that I think, you know, it does take courage to face things we don't know. And there's so many things we don't know in the aging. And I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to look at it. So talk to me about some of the things that you've learned, or I know we talked about a couple of different subjects before we came on yeah. um, about things that people need well, courage to do. And really they're not that bad that you just need to say, why not today and do it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I would say that the first thing in in terms of why not today is to have conversations about your future. Um, and this, like, you should be doing this through the entire lifespan is, is that, you know, is talking with your circle of friends and family about, you know, um, the future and the next chapters in your life. But as we grow older and we're all growing older and this is the whole thing we use aging the wrong way aging starts on the delivery room table it doesn't start with an aarp card everybody is aging at the exact same rate who's alive who's lucky enough to be alive and we need to remind ourselves of that but as we grow older there are some things that there's no crystal ball there's no guarantee anything is going to happen to us but you know there's a better chance that your mobility might be compromised 
um, there's a potential chance that you could, um, you know, develop things like dementia and Alzheimer's. The, the older you get, the higher the percentage it, it goes. And um, no matter, and, and none of us have a crystal ball. So having conversations in advance is the first thing that is why not today. Now, the, I mentioned we have these weekly discussions on my in my community, and our number one topic is the topic of solo aging. Okay, and solo aging, I love this discussion topic because it's a conversation that we can all have. Now, a lot of times when people hear the term solo aging, they instantly think about oh, you know. Um, somebody who never married and doesn't have any family around, that's a solo ager. And right. yeah, that is probably a definition of a solo ager. And, and most people in this category are very empowered because they recognize that they don't have a safety net, that I've got to plan. I've got to think about what happens if I have you know, a surgery, who's going to bring me home from the house and how am I going to be taken care of and things like that. And and most people who define themselves as solo agers are in that bucket. But what I love doing is going to a barbecue or something like that. And the topic of solo aging pops up and somebody looks at me kind of funny. And I was like, hey, not something that you really need to worry about. And they're like, well, yeah, and I've got three kids. It's like, okay, let me ask you something. What are the chances that you and your partner are going to pass away at the same time? Well, that's probably not going to happen. So one of you is going to outlive the other. And then those three kids, do you really want them taking care of you if something happened? Well, no. And so put it in our turn of like, yeah, the people around you on what would happen if I was by myself in the future and who could I turn to? Um, it's very important because um, if something happens and you haven't had those conversations, usually you're going to be, you know, disrupting somebody's life. Um, and none of us really want to do that. Um, so. Yeah. My mom's in a situation with a neighbor who is younger than my mother has dementia and isn't married, she's divorced, her family's not close physically, not necessarily, they weren't really that close at all. And my mother and another neighbor are taking care of this woman who's got dementia. I'm like, we need to get other resources. Um, so yeah, so as far as your community and people, your discussions, is that open to anybody? It's a- Absolutely, yeah. Um, if you just go to the website, proaging.com, that's probably the easiest way to get there. You'll see recordings of over 300 discussions that we've had and podcasts. Oh, wow. And then you'll also see the schedule of what we've got coming up. And, you know, I, I think that the live and interactive nature of our discussions is what makes them a lot of fun and very interesting and also a great resource to get questions answered and make connections that can solve the things that you're thinking about today. And um, so uh, I we welcome any and all to uh, join in. And we have so many of these things, it's sort of like you, there's 
there's probably one that you might find interesting, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and I will definitely link your information in the show notes of all the discussions because I have so many friends that are having that situation. Like I never thought I'd, you hear about it, but you never thought you'd well, be in that situation of yeah. parents and your own aging. and. The shifting of the demographic is occurring and there's lots of positive things about that, excuse me. And, um, and there's lots of challenging things about that. You know, we're going to have more people over the age of 65 than we've ever had in history. Um, we've got workplace shortages and, and the, you know, some of the positive things is technology is developing. But one of the things that you had just mentioned there is, is that a lot of my friends are going through this with their parents and what that is doing is that's essentially training for our future elders. And because so many people basically say, I never knew this stuff existed. I never knew how expensive it is. I never knew that this was going to take this much work. And now that they're experiencing that firsthand, hopefully I hear this on a regular basis is I'm going to take steps so that my kids don't have to go through this, or I'm going to take steps so that since I'm by myself, that I've got a network that can help me if something happens. Right. So, yeah, let's talk about that. So somebody that's like, all right, I need to prepare. They're going to be proactive. Um, and what what are your resources? What are the resources people have? How can we get educated and be courageous to say, why not today now? Instead yeah. of when we're in crisis, which really usually was what happens. Like I am blessed. I'm one of six kids. So my dad is had had some health issues and had a stroke and then did pass away. But, you know, there were six of us, well, five, because one of my siblings has Down syndrome, so she wasn't a big player in it. But, you know, we all kind of fell in our roles of who did what and had had resources. But I've got friends that are, are only children. And I'm like, how the heck do you do that? Well, I mean, <laughs> Leslie, you're really you're really fortunate to have a tight knit family that communicates because a lot of yeah. times the only child has it a lot easier than six varying opinions of what should uh, what should happen. You can't say everything's always smooth, but we do pretty much fall in our roles. Yeah, no, I have one brother that will quiz a doctor till he's blue in the face. The doctor tells me something like, okay, Brian's like, well, why didn't you ask this? Why didn't you? I'm like, I don't know. That's your job. <laughs> yep. So, so how do we get ahead of this? And what do we yeah, do? So, yeah. so to, number one is to familiarize yourself with, you know, the resources that are out there and that, you know, folks can get the positive aging source book to just kind of see the different resources that are available or just go to proaging.com. But I think- Is that a free book you get? Is it free. paid for? Okay. Free, free of charge. And, um, but the, I think the most important thing is to have conversations about these types of decisions that might happen and they, they, they might not happen too. But one of the easiest ways to do this is like you have just had, you know, you shared a story about a neighbor that has Alzheimer's and, and no real family caregivers is, you know, Talking to your circle of friends and your network of support and your kids and your best friend about, hey, you know, I, I've got this neighbor who has dementia and there's no caregivers there. Do you ever think about what you would do if you had dementia? 
and just have a conversation about it. Um, the um, it's it's very hard because we feel like like it's like having a conversation about death and dying. It it's it's hard to have that because we feel like oh wow I don't want to talk about that you right. know well I mean if you don't talk about it then your support network doesn't know what your wishes are if you are reaching end of life. And um, uh, the, I, wh while I, while these are difficult conversations to have, I feel that the conversations that I have on this topic, and I have so many these days, um, are some of the most deep and meaningful and thought-provoking conversations that I'm a part of. And um, so it really is one of these why not today is, is that, you know, just just have a conversation with your family, you know, let them know what you want. Now, I'm going to give your your listeners kind of one sort of word of wisdom here is, is that oftentimes these conversations, when you talk about, let's say that you're talking with a parent or loved one about a neighbor that moved to a senior living community. A lot of times what a, what somebody will say is, oh, don't ever take me to one of those places. I don't want to go to one of those places. That's an opportunity to sort of, hey, why don't we go have lunch and visit our friend who's there at that place? And because I'm a little concerned that, you know, that you're digging your heels in. What if you're, you were lonely and isolated and all alone at home? What if your home was no longer safe? And opening that door, because I can tell you, there are so many adult children that I talk to that basically mom said she never wanted to go to one of those places. And now they're do, they're moving heaven and earth to meet that wish. And it's not necessarily the healthiest setup for right. um, the individual. And I know through your services you provide, you give suggestions of good facilities. Well, what we, we what work them all. Yeah. So, so, and that's, you know, I, I, we could do a whole nother hour, but I'll sort of amend it is, is that, you know, we, the, there's no best place out there. Okay. But, but here's some tips on how to find the best place for your mom and dad or yourself is, is that number one, um, be, having you or your loved ones be part of the community. It's similar to going to school. When you drop your kid off at school, you don't just drop them off and 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 right. you're on your way. You join the PTA, you get to know the teachers, you become part of that community. And so that's the best thing that you need to do if your loved one is is thinking about making a move. And so the best one of the things is try to find a place that's easy to visit. So you can pop in and you can be part of the community. The second thing that I tell people is, is that I want you to pretend that you're not shopping for an old, old folks home, but you're looking for the next college that you're going to. And oh, when college funny. kids go on campuses, they don't care about the square footage of their dorm room. They look at the other students. And that's what you want to do when you look at these places is, is that you want to look at the other residents. You want to look at the faculty or the staff. And um, I just remind people, it's don't 
it's great if you find a beautiful place with wonderful walls, but it's not about the walls. It's the people working and living within those walls. Absolutely. Yeah, we had many instances where my father was in rehab, senior facilities, different situations. And, you know, they aren't all good. And there, yeah, there's definitely some good and some great people we worked with, but then there were some not so good. And, you know, I think there's a whole nother subject of how to educate families, how to navigate through these systems and know the right questions to ask and who to talk to and yep. not just take, I mean, I could tell story after story of crazy adventures. Probably the funniest story of my dad is just to share one of his, his antics is he was in the hospital and he had had stroke. So he had left neglect. So when he ate, he had a hard time seeing the left side of the plate. His left arm didn't really work. So he was in the hospital for something else at Reston Hospital. And the nurse brought his food and he couldn't find the fork, whatever. He couldn't find the, the um, nursing thing to call the nurse. He couldn't figure out where it was. So he got a call from a politician on a cell phone asking to the politician for him, my dad, to vote for him. He goes, tell you what, if you call the nursing station on such and such a floor, rest in hospital, and send a nurse to my room to help me eat my breakfast, I'll vote for you. And they did. And oh, he wow. A paper about it. Um, so That's he was one of the best uh, stories I've heard. That is yeah. great. There was a story in the local rest in paper about it, thanking the person. But, you know, he was definitely a find a way kind of guy. And sometimes you have to do that. So absolutely. And that's really, I mean, my advice to folks is you got to be the squeaky wheel. You got to be present in the community. And oh, one yeah. of the things, I mean, the benefit that your dad had with six kids and, you know, I can only imagine when he was in the hospital or in other settings, the stream of visitors that oh, he had. And this is, it's kind of, you know, the, the other term that used to be used, um, uh, not solo aging, it was elder orphans. And I, 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 it's such a sad term, but it, a visit to any nursing home, you will see there are residents in there that don't have any visitors. And oh, it's, yeah, uh, it's really sad because it's, they're relying on different people to advocate for them other than their loved ones. Yeah. I do a program through Mary Kay where we do an adoptive mom or adopt a grandparent providing gifts and we've taken gifts to the nursing homes and facilities and there's some people yeah that have never have visitors no they've um, they you know they've out a lot of people have outlived their whole family okay yeah. and then there's there's folks that you know maybe they never married and and had a family and they're and and their remaining family members are as old as they are and they're all over the country um yeah. it, it really it it really is uh, tough and we need to we need to support these folks yeah and we need to build community support. and be there and i know my water class was a tight-knit community people knew we had an email list of people that were sick or something happened or we were there for them so i think a big message here is you know to build those relationships those communities have those discussions um i was thinking when you're talking about those questions you know those games you can get now i don't like cards against humanity, you ask all these questions. We need an aging question game, like to ask those hard questions. You know, maybe with a couple drinks in you. you oh no, they've they've got those. No, they've got those because there's a big movement for advanced uh, directives, meaning like the the whole conversation about you know 
when would you want us to, you know, pull feeding tubes and things of mm -hmm. that nature? And um, it is there. There are some really creative uh, games out there. I'll send you a link, and you can throw okay. it in with the. Yeah, so we'll definitely share your contact information because I think it's a great subject that we need to talk about more. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you on here and to be able to share some of your content, which I'm hoping to do on the website because it's a subject we only talk about it. It um, really so, is. Yeah, so what courage would you, or what would you say to somebody to empower somebody to be courageous? Oh, man. Well, you know, I got two kids and these are a lot of, the conversations that you have with uh, your children are centered around this topic, whether we frame it that way or not. You know, I, I think that it's taking, taking a risk and taking a chance um, as long as it's healthy and it's, um, you know, uh, something that is not harming anybody, uh, and each way. Oh wow! Okay, it's it's like a you know having the courage. Yeah, healthy, and then you froze. <laughs> okay, I, I I think when when you frame it that way, and this is off the top of my head, but it's sort of like when we take risks and um we prepare for them properly. It's like we're entering a secret passageway. And, and when we go through that passageway, we're going to be a different person. And um, we're going to, we're going to have an, a new experience that can help us be a better person and help us share uh, better share life experience with others. All right. I love that definition. I think that's going to be my new tagline. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, that, and I've had lots of discussions, obviously, around the courage and doing those things. And they don't have to be big; they're just those little things. And um, I even listened to a podcast the other day it was about decluttering and organizing, that are totally different. But the subject, the way she turned it around, which I've shared this many times, is like when you're decluttering, it's like just doing that one thing, you're leaving a situation better. And yeah. so just doing that little thing that making you better and being courageous and just those little steps, steps give you courage to do the next thing and the next thing. And, and um, I, 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 I think he was quoting somebody else, but my good friend, uh, Len Forkus, who I'm going to introduce you to, who's climbing Mount Everest right now, That's by awesome. the way, but the, um, but he, he shared a statement with me from a, from somebody and it's, action creates opportunity is, is that, you, you know, when, when we sort of say something like, oh, I'm not ready yet, or I'm not going to do this or what have you, or I'm scared, you're missing an opportunity. You get, you always want to be in action and we always want to be improving ourselves um, because we improve the world when we improve ourselves. Yes. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. We could talk forever and ever. We don't want to keep. No, 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 this is so great. I always at the end kind of tie back to connecting to my dad. And people are like, well, I didn't know your dad. Um, yeah. And you probably ran into my dad at somewhere. I I, I, I definitely remember him, and yeah. um, and and I, but I didn't realize that all those years that I was paddleboarding there on Lake Ann, I was basically paddling right in front of his house. Yes. 
So, yeah, so all the connections you're talking about, first of all, community. He was all about community. Um, you being on the lake and paddle boarding, um, he, we lived on the lake and he worked at Lake Ann. So he, there weren't paddle boards in the day, but he went, um, would, he ice skated, he swam, he sailed, he windsurfed, canoed, whatever way he made it to work at some point. And then the other thing you said you did, which um, is your snowboarding instructing yeah, and yeah. you work with people with disabilities or adaptive. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad, after he had a stroke and remember he had an eye patch on since high school. So he didn't have one eye and then he had a stroke, but we, well, went up that's another thing. Um, I'm, I'm legally blind in one eye. I've been really? that way since birth. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was too, but he had an eye patch. Um, but he, we went to Blue Knob one time and they had the adaptive ski patrol people taking him out on the slope. And he went, and it was so cold. I don't know if you've ever skied at Blue Knob. It's freezing. And he came back, and his mustache was frozen, like solid. He was frozen, but the smile on his face and the joy that he's like, I got to go skiing. And even yeah. after a stroke, he still went body surfing. He got a PVC pipe, and a and a, we did put a um, safety vest, a life jacket on him, which normally he wouldn't wear. But he went you know, he did it all when he was older. Yeah, you yeah. never knew. Why not today? Yeah. Why not today? Exactly. Well, Steve, thank you so much. This has been awesome. And we're going to share the resources. I'm going to have you share links to how to get in touch with you. Um, show notes. And we will have more discussions, I'm sure. And um, thanks again. And I'm looking forward to maybe we'll physically meet sometime for coffee or something or see you on the blog somewhere because I'm always around resting. Oh, and back to... Other connection, your son, I think we mentioned, yep, he was working yep. at FedEx and I was, yeah. he said one day his name or he, you and I'm like, I know who your dad is. Never really met him, but small <laughs> world. He was a great I kid. <laughs> I really, I love what you're doing too. And the, oh, the concept of this podcast is wonderful. Well, thank you. All right. Well, thanks again. And thanks everybody for watching. You can always check out the podcast on, we're on all the sources, StreamYard. Now we're on YouTube. You can see a YouTube, um, iTunes, Google. Um, we do have a website, why not say podcast.com, and we do have gear and swag. If you want a t-shirt or a cup or a, a vinyl, I was thinking the other day too, we might need some journals to journal those brave, courageous things we're doing. So we're looking to do some fun things and collaborate with other people. So thanks again for watching and thanks Steve for joining us. And don't forget, say why not today.